Hey, we're doing it live. So the, the wonders of, of modern technology. I, just love that you, I love that you do the same thing I do. You just talk to the pop-up box. Yes, I want to yeah. do this now. Yes. You listen to me now. Uh, and I am we're your master. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is Miranda Morales, and I'm being joined by Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr. We are doing a special wrap-up of Expo Lucha Virtual 2020. And yes, we are talking everything that happened today during the Expo Lucha Virtual session. Now, this came about, well because the world's on fire, not literally, but it may feel like that. <laughs> Unfortunately, Expo Lucha 2020 that was scheduled for Philadelphia is postponed until 2021, but the great creators behind Expo Lucha decided to do something different this year and have a virtual expo for all of us amazing Lucha fans to participate in. And well, that's what we did today. Myself, Brendan Barr, and Dusty Murphy, well, we all... Uh, followed along throughout mm -hmm. uh, the, the day. And now we're going to be talking about um, all of the big things that happened, the special announcements, reviewing the matches that were shown, and more. Uh, so, gentlemen, welcome. We are doing this on video as well. We hit a whole yeah. new level on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Uh, tell me overall what your thoughts were on, on today's event. I really enjoyed it. Like there was so much going on and even the, like the stuff that I wasn't sure I'd be as interested in. I was really interested in, like there wasn't anything that wasn't amazing. Yeah, it was a really good pace. Uh, as I mentioned in the previous podcast we did, I was curious how they were going to handle the contests mm -hmm. and in order to keep the, the pace going well, they just did them with these as nice little bumpers in between segments. Yeah. Uh, they announced the winners. I mean, the, the only tiny feedback I could have given would have been to have maybe a little, a little more, uh, interaction on as to why the judge who the judges were and and, and how they decided to pick it but other than that I, it, just, it was a good flow like i saw it i got to see the cool costume and the cool toys and congratulations to pentagon jr for being such a popular choice for both of those <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah very a, lot, a lot of pentagon today a lot yeah, of Ray phoenix today um we actually heard a lot of the same people uh today too lots of vampiro and lots of conan featured today yes. as well uh, yeah. so you are, and, and who would have known who would have known that that would have been such a predominant theme of today yeah uh, but there was a lot of, of great luchadors feature throughout matches um throughout some of the merchandise uh we'll talk about that a little bit later too some of the cool licensing deals that have uh been made uh the figures that are going to be released soon uh and yeah a lot of the the topics that were talked about today especially during uh the uh the Masks, Mats, and Mayhem uh, show with special guest uh, Conan. Um, really, really great insight um, and interesting topics that were covered. So oh, let's yeah. get into it. Uh, the show or the, the expo started uh, with kind of a little historical roundup, some time to talk with the two, uh, you know, uh, 
big head honchos of this, um, also part of Mass Republic, of course, Ruben Zamora and Kevin Kleinrock, really being able to talk about the history of Expo Lucha and you know why they they decided to put it into a virtual audience this year. Um, and I really loved Ruben's story too about you know his relationship with Lucha Libre and why he really wanted to put together Expo Lucha for future fans and you know why it's important to to him um so what was your thoughts as far as kind of that setting the tone for the day uh i thought it was excellent i thought the passion that you could see in both ruben and kevin's you know like in the interview and different things they had to say was like their excitement was palpable and it made me excited like you know like it just yeah. made it feel so special and to be in like um part of a community you know i mean like it made you mm -hmm. feel like part of the whole thing even though you're at home on the couch like you felt like you were part of it and i loved that yeah yeah that's uh one of the things that is uh rarer these days is having kevin and ruben in the same room and uh, <laughs> yeah. and, so and having having that that it, that's the reminder of that energy that's one of the things that made uh both of the previous uh expo luchas very special is with, with both of them there and that passion driving it you had so much of that energy just filling the room it was hard it's very infectious even when kevin was clearly exhausted he still <laughs> that that blew through the, that flowed through the room when whenever it was around so having that really for those of us who have been to uh, the Mass Republic version of Expo Lucha before, that really set a dynamic tone as well. So, yeah. Yes. And so how cool. rude of me to not mention, well, how we were able to watch this. Um, this was, I know, I'm so rude. Gosh, uh, <laughs> who do I think I am. So Expo Lucha, the recording is also still available for you to watch. So if you didn't get to watch uh, throughout the day, you can find it uh, on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, so I yeah. watched it on Facebook throughout the day. What was the streaming platform that you guys used? I, I was watched on it YouTube. on. Yeah, I did YouTube as well. I have a Roku TV, and so we just popped it on the YouTube app and streamed the whole thing. It was awesome, like yeah. right on the big screen in the living room. I loved it. Yeah, really so, smooth transitions and and uh, flow of mm -hmm. the day as far as the technology too. So big kudos mm -hmm. because that can be very tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I had to. I wanted to ask Dusty and Miranda both because uh, you both had slightly different experiences i was on the pc watching it on youtube and we had the chat the live chat going which was its mm -hmm. own little thing um and that really added to a lot of the excitement did you guys have a similar experience on the platforms you were on i could see it but i couldn't participate in it for my tv so occasionally i'd turn it on when i you know like when it wasn't during the matches i'd turn it on but i it was hard to keep up with both like on the tv but yeah it was available to me it was definitely yeah. hard to keep up with both. Yeah. it was yeah I, I was watching on youtube on my phone so i was actually able to follow along with uh, some of the uh, comments uh, that were listed on there. And I mean, Lucha Central, um, they were actually very involved in the conversation as well. Um, I even saw, I think the Pro Wrestling Eve uh, YouTube page or, or YouTube account had 
like saw that this was happening um, and kind of came in late in the game. So even that for me as a wrestling fan was very cool to see, uh, a, you know, UK promotion like Pro Wrestling Eve jump on and say, hey, I didn't know this was happening or, or this is really cool. <laughs> yeah. They they came in and they were afraid that they had missed the uh, the whole show and uh, and we yeah Lucha Central who uh, based on their typing I have a pretty good idea who was controlling at the wheels but uh, uh, Lucha Central assured them that yeah no you're not late this is just uh, this is just a, a main event match that we are featuring on the show so yes yeah, good time yes. So uh, into the very first match uh, of the day, it was a four-way match. Uh, you had Ray Oras, Flamita, TJP, and Juventu Guerrero. Um, <laughs> I'm going to let you guys start off with this because I definitely have my own thoughts on it, but uh, I, I want to get your guys' thoughts first to see if we're all – because we all look and, and approach these matches in different ways. Uh, mm -hmm. So this, I think – we will see this throughout uh, our wrap up and review of what things we noticed uh, throughout the match. But really, too, honestly, it was one of my favorite matches of the entire day because the action was in the ring for the most part, whereas a yeah. lot of the other matches we talked about was all over the place. But anyways, oh, uh, Dusty, yeah. go ahead. Let, what, are, what are your thoughts? Um, I really enjoyed the match. I I thought it was funny how Hoovy immediately got on the microphone, started to put himself over. You know, like yes. that entertained me. That's the Hoovy I know. Mm -hmm. That's that's <laughs> yeah, true. That's... Not, not the last or the third time continuously yeah. <laughs> uh, throughout that. And these were all matches, uh, I believe, from last year's Expo Lucha. Yes. Correct. Yes. It, yes. it looks so like it was mostly last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So these were things that those, you know, the the lucky uh, people who attended last year that were able to see, but ones as fans, uh, you know, and all over haven't been able to to see. So these are, you know, over a year ago, yeah. but you know, and a lot has changed in the wrestling landscape since then. But it's also good to know some things never change with who went to Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad to know, but. <laughs> But any, anyway, it's comforting yeah. at least, <laughs> right? Uh, Some things. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, I so really. Oh, go ahead. I I also really enjoyed how Vampiro couldn't decide whether he liked Juventud or not through the whole match based on what he was doing. He loved him <laughs> at the beginning, but then he didn't want any Hoovy juice. He didn't like that. No, no, but they're friends. That's why. Yeah, I think that, yeah. that Vampiro's yeah, no. philosophy <laughs> is if he likes you, he'll he'll you know give you the rub, but not in the way that you think a rub looks like. It's gonna be more like I'll insult you. It's more like that rub cool. that they twisted your arm in first grade. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the rug burn. <laughs> oh, the carpet burn. I hated that thing. Uh, yes. Brendan, what what were some of your thoughts on, on the this four-way match? Well, as as an attendee, this was uh, a huge nostalgia hit for me. So I had a very different filter. Uh, similar thing, I remember reacting to uh to Hoobie when it was there, like, oh well that's the typical Hoovy thing. I guess we're getting Hoovy as the rock today. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> but um, it was the it, it was the third chance I'd ever gotten, and I've gotten many more since then, to see uh, Ray Orus live. And uh, yeah, I cannot 
I cannot stress how much I'm excited to see the future he's got in this business. He was so impressive in this match. Like, yeah. I mean, like physics says there's a certain amount of time you can hang in the air, but somehow he hangs just a little longer. You know, <laughs> yep. like they even mentioned that in the commentary. Look at his hang time because mm -hmm. he's got the manipulations down to get it done. And it's crazy. Like he is yeah. so impressive to see. Yeah. And it's, it's, beyond human what you get to see it's incredible mm -hmm. it's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think each individual each wrestler in this uh match got an opportunity to shine i think early on it was a little bit more uh, of with flamita um mm -hmm. i think he got uh, to, to showcase his skill set and, and his high flying ability at first and then it kind of evolved into tjp and one thing it's always very apparent with him, but it's very unique in a lucha setting too, is just his submission maneuvers and kind of the way that he's in holding multiple submission maneuvers at once. And I really loved that sequence where he had uh, the the toe hold um, on Ray Oras while uh, he was fighting Hoovy. And then he did the Northern Lights suplex on Hoovy while he still had the toe hold on Ray. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, that was impressive. You, yeah. But also, commentary played up a good role. Yeah. That, you they, know, did. That's his, they mentioned they, it. Yeah. They, that it's great for, for TJP. He's great at that. But in a four way, that doesn't always lend itself um, to, to be a benefit. Because because you're actually then taking just time away um, from the other competitors in the ring and, and you're leaving yourself vulnerable. So I thought that was a really good analysis as well. Um, but of course, you know, Hoovy, uh, you know, with the win with the Hoovy driver, I mean, yeah. again, as, as some things change, some things stay the same. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, well, I'm sure we'll talk more about Vampiro's commentary throughout the day, but he did disappoint <laughs> it. He called it out exactly as he knew it because of, you know, how, how long he's seen Hoovy in, in, in the business. Um, and so in some ways he was almost like spoiling the story a little bit, but it, I think it was just more of his analysis of knowing exactly how Hooven to Guerrero works. And I think that played well. Um, but uh, overall, this was to me, actually one of my favorite matches, if not kind of my favorite match of the day, because it really focused on the Lucha Libre style inside of the ring. Of course in there the was ring, stuff that, yeah. yeah, in the ring, in the ring. Yeah. 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 Which, I, I think is an important distinction because as we get move on, you'll see that they t do other things. But as Kevin and Ruben both mentioned, they want whenever they're putting a show together, they want to show they still want to show things that you don't normally see. So yeah. they had to make sure we had something that covered that traditional in ring style, and this is a great mm -hmm. example of it. Yeah, and so then later we will we will get more of the. Uh, explodey stuff i don't know how you want to yes. yeah. <laughs> the matches later on in the show it just escalates though i think that's what it is yeah. it gets crazier and crazier and crazier yeah. throughout the day yeah yeah they uh they built a good pace on that i feel like the yes. kevin and ruben put together put these matches together like a card where you start out and you build up and then really there was did. there was a break in the middle and then you build up again yeah so next I want to jump a little bit into, and again, we talk about the pacing. I think they did a really good job of kind of stacking a, you know, uh, Lucha Libre uh, match with, you know, uh, kind of a newer segment or, or um, uh, just a scene or, or um, 
not even moment, but just uh, something in between that kind of breaks up all of the wrestling, but also release some new and exciting information um, about some, you know, different projects and, and things that are happening uh, with Lucha Central and Mass Republic and, and all of that. So right after this match, we got a uh, Lucha Libre licensing. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was cool from Mass Republic and LuchaCentral.com provided some information on some new products um, that are going to be released, some that have already been released, um, some plans in the works for the future. Um, so I wanted to see kind of what were some of your favorite things that uh, Kevin brought up as far as new licensing or, or new things coming out. Uh, Brendan, I'll have you go first. Well, I was uh, excited to see the more info on the cookbook. I mean, mm -hmm. behind mm -hmm. the scenes, I've been hearing about the cookbook for a little while, and seeing seeing the the cover on a on a live stream and yeah. and hearing them talk about recipes and and uh, all of that that got me really excited. And I did make a note because uh, they mentioned there were lots of Puerto Rican recipes, and I was like. <laughs> I, yeah. 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 We're gonna have some yeah. good. He mentioned Selena and Papo right away. Yeah. So yeah. this is like gonna be a mini Puerto Rican cookbook, but yeah, you know, yeah. you know, I'm gonna buy it then. Oh, I gotta have it too. It looks so good. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. to try. I love cookbooks anyway. Like I'm kind of a, I'm the one that cooks in my family, so. I'm always looking for a new cookbook Ooh. with something to try. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a, a lot of fun. And the fact that it, he mentioned it's going to have bios and stories mm -hmm. on top of the recipes. Yeah. So it's really, too, you know, uh, a, a book where you're going to learn not only about recipes, but uh, about the people behind the recipes. You know, them, they're going to be sharing stories, which is also a, a big thing, I think, in, in cooking and sharing, um, you know, just, just more yeah. uh, feeling connected with what you're making. So. It's that family culture again. Yes. We always talk about this is one of the things that makes Lucha special. And having having that family culture in every element is just another way of, of doing mm -hmm. it. I love it. Yeah. That's part of it. Dusty, yeah. what were some of the things that caught your eye uh, during this segment as far as new products or, or new releases coming out? I was really excited about the socks. I really like the socks. Like, you know, like I love socks that are fun. You know, I've got several. And so like, I, yeah, I was really excited about the socks. Um, the new shirts also, he mentioned that Taya was getting a shirt at Hot Topic mm -hmm. soon on the website. So I'm yeah. excited about that. I've still got my Taya, uh, you know, Pateros Del Mall shirt. And so I, I re wear it often and, I could always use a new one to add to the arsenal. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Speaking so, of a uh, hot topic, uh, Kevin did mention that there are hopefully plans for a lot of these products to be at physical hot topic stores. In malls. Yes, yes, in malls <laughs> in 2021. So that's going to be fantastic uh, because we've already seen how um, – Hot Topic has played a role in, you know, products for AEW and the Young Bucks and even WWE yeah. in the stores. Um, to have that Lucha presence um, at physical Hot Topic stores is going to be amazing. And, and Kevin also mentioned that they are working on a shoe line with HotTopic.com, including Shanklas. Yes. So that was my big thing. The I'm Shanklas, so excited. Yes. The slides. That that's the, um, that's I'm gonna zero in. To the Shanklas. <laughs> Lucha Libre Shanklas. I'm all about that. Yeah. 
It gives them that extra zing when you have to use right? the weapon. No. <laughs> that is that, we all know that is that's the original that's, uh, foreign that's, object. That's yes, not a weapon that I'm allowed weapon. to use. I'm only allowed to run in fear from it, so I am not looking forward to this. Yeah, no, really. Yeah, the, the size of the expansion of products on hottopic.com, mm. uh, the cookbook, the trading cards, too. That's yeah, the I'm trading thinking. cards looked amazing. Uh, that's just a classic, I think, as every, oh. you know, anyone interested in anything sports or, or wrestling mm -hmm. related, you yep. know, having a good set of trading cards is just like warms my heart. With yeah. with a uh, with a, a very kind of prize and uh, element to it. There's rare yeah, cards. Yeah, every, every pack. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there's there's a contest to win merchandise too. Yeah, not so. craft mask and stuff. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Super exciting. Yeah. And Lucha Masks, Lucha Dash Masks.com is getting new Pentagon and Phoenix masks yeah. today. Oh, they're, at up. The Expo. They're, oh up. they're up. They're up. Yeah. They're up. Yeah. I hadn't I, even looked as, yet. Yeah. As soon as I saw that announcement, I went and looked and they're up. <laughs> yeah, the Phoenix with the flames. Like it mm -hmm. was so cool. Oh, yeah. Loved it. There was also, a, oh, go ahead. There was there was one other thing that I, I I as we're talking, I'm remembering that really through really enjoyed in this segment, which was they were talking about the progression of of merch that's happened, and and uh, and, and he told the story about Psychosis being one of the earliest people in Mass Republic, and mm -hmm. and how having that that uh, Psychosis shirt available at Hot Topic was kind of a big deal, and I really enjoyed that story. Yeah, that was nice. Kind of showed the history of the company there a little bit and yeah. give us an inside peek. Yeah, yeah. Really good. And uh, finally, I mean, and these are all out of order. He talked about these in different orders. So we <laughs> yeah. popcorn around. But uh, so you're just going to have to watch the the whole thing because there's uh -huh. lots of other things, too, that we haven't oh, talked yeah. about um, that you'll definitely want to check in, uh, check it out for. But uh, LuchaCentral.com slash shop has a Phoenix jersey and matching shorts available. Yeah. Uh -huh. so not everything is available just on Hot Topic. Of course, Mass Republic, Lucha-Mass.com and luchacentral.com slash shop um, that exclusive jersey and short combination of Phoenix um, that too just looked really cool um, they did so cool. really great yeah, yeah. so yeah. make sure if, if you guys are interested I mean those were just some of the tidbits uh, I, from that particular segment so you gotta watch I, I have the whole one, thing I have one more thing I want to call Dusty out on I'm sorry uh, you asked you asked for stuff we're excited about, and they dropped the names of two new people that are being sponsored by Mass Republic, and one of them is Ultimo Dragon, and yes. maybe better listen to this show. Yes. See, that's the... <laughs> I, I had my suspicion because he was on the 2020 calendar. And so I was like, well, if he's on the calendar, he's at least friendly with them. So I kind of thought it might be coming. But yeah, the in a later segment, they talk more about Ultimo Dragon, and it, it gets even more exciting. Like, it's true. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I was surprised that you chose anything else over the fact that Ultimo Dragon was there. So yeah. I wanted to just... Yeah, no, yeah, there was just bit. so much going on <laughs> that it was hard to pick. But yeah, that was exciting. All right, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, that is very good no, points again. I was going to mention later have, in the in the later we segment it comes up, in. I don't want to spoil didn't it. Cover, 
everything oh, on yes. that topic. Yeah. So absolutely. No, still more. Yeah. There's still more. We just don't got time for it. We just we got we got so much more to cover for all of you, and that's why yep. also this was like a five hour day. You just you just got and we don't need to do a five hour follow up. <laughs> no, exactly. That's why it's a wrap up. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> So next up, we had our next match, the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix with Conan versus Jack Evans and Teddy Hart with Selena De La Renta. Um, this was really the first match that we saw with the madness going outside of the ring. And, and it definitely felt like a <laughs> traditional Lucha Libre match in that sense, where they were yeah. just they were just going for it. Uh, Dusty, we'll start with you first. What, what were you thinking about this match? How, you know, um, what was your sense of, of this match? Um, I was surprised how much of it occurred, like in the aisles and then the bleachers and like watching on the hard cam it, you know, it was kind of hard to tell what was going on at times, but I would imagine for fans there, it must've been amazing. Like mm -hmm. to see the action in ring. But the other thing was like, when you hear Lucha Bros versus Jack Evans, Teddy Hart, this is exactly what you are expecting when you watch this match, like what you mm -hmm. think you're going to see, that's what you get. Like, you know, they deliver on that one. Yep. And I love that. I mean, like they, they were at their most entertaining, especially Teddy Hart. Like this was the best he did in the show for me. And <laughs> yeah, it gets yeah. a little weird. <laughs> no, it gets, it gets, it gets weird. Brennan, again, since you were there, can you kind of share your thoughts as far as that different lens you see this from being there to now seeing it a, a year later, uh, well, you know, on, on the screen? Well, for starters, this is the first time I ever saw that moonsault that Evans did out of the stand. <laughs> I was on the wrong oh. side of the ring to, to oh. ever have seen oh. that. Bummer. Bummer. <laughs> uh, so that were already, I, I, I appreciated. That one of the reasons I've been hungry to see a lot of these matches is, um, uh, uh, you were, those of you who watched already know, there's more of this stand stuff going on, and uh, I'll have yeah. more stories. Uh, that kind of stuff but so that was exciting in that respect there but uh i had i i had a week the weekend over the course of that weekend i had very different many very different encounters with jack evans and this was pretty <laughs> early in the weekend so i wasn't aware like i wasn't like i wanted to see the the lucha bros when you know when yeah. i was watching stuff and then uh, as the weekend moved on, I became more about seeing other people. And Jack Evans was one of those big ones. So it was interesting to go back and watch this mask with that filter that instead of like looking for the zero Mirdo spots or whatever, I can watch what Jack's doing. I can I can even watch what Teddy Hart's doing, which, you know, which is now a rare thing. So yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah. yeah I mean, right this, now. <laughs> yeah, this this match too. I mean, with the Lucha Brothers really being a pillar of the entire weekend. Um, I mean, they were featured in multiple matches. This is a very you know classic uh, Lucha Brothers match as far as the pacing, the move set, even mm -hmm. the finisher classic so of course the mm -hmm. lucha brothers pick up the win um but i agree with you jack evans is someone too that throughout the day today we're seeing a lot of his work throughout the weekend and um you know the the commentary plays up you know kind of the variety of skill set he has 
with his his background in in breakdancing, the work he's done in Mexico, his work ethic. You know, at one point, uh, I believe Vampirama had mentioned that he had worked three hundred plus days uh, throughout, you know, a whole year. So the fact uh -huh. that he's just, uh, just, you know, a, a machine in that sense, um, you can really just see how easily and then how, you know, he flows in the ring and also his height with that too, you know, um, yep. he, he's really one of those original, uh, luchadors wrestlers who, you know, for being so tall, didn't imagine that he could, you know, move so well. Um, yep. but he, he does. And, uh, <laughs> you know, now we see him a little bit more in, in AEW and we've seen him more on TV, but for a while we didn't. Um, and this match just highlights exactly why Jack Evans should yes. have more airtime. Yeah. Uh, so, and then uh, I wanted to put those 300 plus days that they talk about him doing. One of the many interactions I had with him is I mentioned that I grew up in a town not very far from where he grew up. And he remembered, he's like, oh, I did like two matches there on, and in those days. And he's like, I, there were like 12 people there. But one of the coolest dives I've ever done in my life is off of the, the, the basketball hoop there. And so like he, those days he's performing, a lot of those times where he's performing, he's performing in front of really small crowds, but he still remembers every single show. And I mean, knowing a little bit about his, uh, his habits, that's very impressive to me. <laughs> But, uh, you know, long term I, versus short term, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it, you know, I mean, there, there's, yeah. we, we don't know what type actually, so, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so I just wanted to put that over. That was one of the many things I, like I said, over the course of the weekend that just me being around him, either seeing him perform or talking to luchadors, uh, including him was that really shaped my my impression of him. Up next, we had part one of the Masked Mats and Mayhem interview with Conan. Of course, Masked Mats and Mayhem show is part of the Lucha Central podcast network. You can catch them on luchacentral.com. Uh, every week, they focus on the world of Lucha Underground. They review it. They analyze it. They you know, provide amazing insight as to how that uh, show has influenced Lucha Libre even now. Um, the characters yeah. that we've seen on that show, what, what they're doing now, the behind the scenes, which I think really went into a deep dive on. Um, mm. And and I thought this was really fascinating. Um, this was probably one of my favorite parts of the day outside of the matches. Like I felt like I've learned so much with that deep dive yeah. history and the behind the scenes of what was going on, Conan's perspective and kind of his evolution um, as to his involvement in the show um, and how he thought he was going to be brought in and how it turned out. Uh, so uh, we'll get into that in just a, a second. But Brendan, I mean, what were some of the big takeaways you had from from this uh, episode of Masks, Mats, and Mayhem? Oh man, like to, to a lot of what you were saying, you had you had the great storytelling. You had, mm -hmm. you know, you had all the stuff about why he was there, why he ultimately left. That was actually, I think, my biggest takeaway from the first half is just how mm -hmm. much more respect like i already respected the guy but hearing that and hearing that uh he had the awareness in the situation he was in maybe you know maybe that's hindsight now yeah. but he's you know to and he's not blaming other people for his leaving he's like no i was a hothead and and uh you know i just basically kept saying fuck you so <laughs> they were paying me 
So why the hell should they do pay me to do that? And I just I appreciated that that part of uh, <laughs> this the story that he had that that no filter whatsoever. Like no, uh, the fuck up in this one was me. I'm not even going to pretend. And and you know, st- along with like all of the other shots that he took, he was willing to take shots with himself, and that that really impressed me. Yeah. What about you, Dusty? What were some of the big takeaways you had from uh-huh. uh, this episode? My favorite was how they had him for the mouthpiece for Ricochet and Ricochet was like upset that they wouldn't let him talk. But they're like, bro, you're from Kentucky. Your character's from Mexico. It won't work. And then he's like, later they let him say two or three words one time after everybody forgot he was from Mexico. And I was like, that was but, yeah. interesting too. But I about... That was really cool and interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, they were saying Conan mentioned like they were very selective about who they let speak um mm-hmm. during that first season, you know, like not a lot of the, the characters people. got to say anything. Um, and you know, I think in some ways that was meant to protect some characters, aka yes. Prince Puma, but in other ways, <laughs> it seemed like they just almost didn't trust some people, they didn't want to give them that ability to talk. And I think this for me, on is you're balancing doing a, a pro wrestling show, but with a cinematic Hollywood flair mm-hmm. with like you know, production and all of that. So, you know, I yeah. think that was one of the things that a lot of fans loved, but it also seemed like that was one of the biggest challenges behind the scenes is that it wasn't treated like a wrestling promotion or a wrestling show. It was treated as a TV show. Yeah. And not really understanding the dynamics and cultures of of wrestling and lucha libre that really you know made it really hard for people to work in and to kind of be able to have any creative freedom, um, and and so that to me was very interesting because it seems like that was one of the best elements of it how it was presented on TV, but behind the right. scenes it actually seemed like more of a pain than it was worth. Yeah, that was kind of surprising to me. And at the time, like, of course, you know, before anybody knew, they talked to everybody that was involved in the first scene was like, yeah, we love it. We're glad to be a part of it. And then there was the hiatus. But the hiatus between season one, season two wasn't so bad. And I feel like there were maybe even more fans in season two, like new fans than there were in season one, because a lot of people I knew that watched it picked up in season two. And so, and we didn't even get El Rey during season one at my house, but we were able to get it replayed on Telemundo on Sundays. It's we saw the Spanish version. And so we didn't know who could speak English and who couldn't on the show. It was a different product for us, but yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting how the, you know, whole thing worked. And then the second season people were into it, that hiatus after the second season though, killed it. And then I didn't even see all of the fourth season until way after it aired because, you know, it was so long after I just kind of gave up on it. It was great stuff but I'd kind of given up on it already. And and that, I think that was the, the big takeaway there is people yeah, had given exactly. up on it. Yeah. Like even it, it, hearing the stories that they were telling during this episode, it sounds like even a large amount of the cast and production staff had given up on it by season four. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, they won't, they won't admit it. Of course. Yeah. You know what I'm saying yeah well and they started bringing in a lot of different people and like Mm -hmm. you know i mean 
for however people felt about it, it really changed Lucha Underground. Season one, and especially season two, and even early season three were cannot miss programming for me. You know, like I made sure I was home to see it every week. television, and, absolutely. But then after that, that kind of, I've got to see it. I cannot miss it. You know, that kind of went away too. And I don't think it was just the hiatus. And and so I thought they kind of mentioned that and talked about that too. And, yeah. you know, I alluded think, to it, I guess. Yeah. And they talked about some of the challenges with storytelling. And I think they go more into this a little bit in, in part two, but yeah. just how some of the storytelling didn't quite make sense. Um, and even though, and I love that there was a whole conversation too, about this kind of American arrogance uh, about mm -hmm. the, you know, how Lucha Libre is viewed and, you know, how uh, there are a lot of fans, American fans who, you know, don't quite understand or even sometimes can look down on Lucha Libre because it's not presented in the same form as would and so, uh, you know, uh, Conan did, I think, a great job of explaining, you know, just more of what Lucha Libre can absolutely tell stories and they do it kind of in more subtle ways. But it's really what you do in the ring and that athleticism and, and the high flying and the fast spots. And, and that is really what, you know, more in, in the traditional Mexican and, and Latino culture too it's just viewed as you know the spot fest of entertainment and that itself has mm -hmm. grown in the u.s you know we've seen a, a way bigger fan base for that as well um right. and i think uh, lucha underground was a way to kind of add more dramatic storytelling telling to it but it also will always have that telenovela feel and so yeah, I, think have, I loved but yeah i did too that was one of my favorite elements of the show yeah. was the the feel was just so different but they also touched on what I thought was also the biggest failure. A, the failure to merchandise was like, mm -hmm. oh my god, hearing, yeah. hearing, hearing, hearing uh, TV shows do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hearing him say he spent sixty five dollars in four years. Yeah, just I mean, yeah, sounds that, about right to me. That's about what I spent, I think. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, like well, on official was, merchandise. Yeah, he was there at the shows, though. Yeah, right. You know that's that's just crazy. That, that yeah, the, there was a very definite sub -tier, subtext in this chat about how they poorly managed the business side of this, and mm. that, yeah, and, and the lack of house shows. Like, I, there's not many things that I would drive like to Omaha or St. Louis or Wichita. I live in the near Kansas City, so like those are <laughs> quite a ways for me. But I would have gone any to the, of those. I mean, I might have even gone to like Dallas to see Lucha yeah. Underground. And so that was really something they should have done, even if it was just a small tour, oh, yeah. because everybody wanted that so bad during mm -hmm. the hiatus. And the fact that they didn't do that, but still had everybody tied up under contract is just... Yeah. And and again, I think it's because it was a television show, first and foremost, not mm -hmm. a wrestling promotion. But yet when you deal with wrestlers and you treat it as a promotion, if you have people under contract and, and all of this, then it really complicates things. I think one of the biggest things that, that I remember hearing, too, is, you know, the fact that you had them under television contracts, not wrestling contracts. Yeah. So yeah. it was uh, about, you know, um, you know, you had them tied to seasons, not years. And you didn't yeah. allow them to do things outside of the show. So they couldn't even make a living outside. It just, nope. it, you know, and those yeah. are things that we all knew. But getting a lot of that confirmation and and insight during this show, both parts one and two, I think, mm -hmm. uh, 
was just uh, amazing. That's what I, I really enjoy. Uh, not only this episode, but the the Masks, Mats, and Mayhem podcast because they just do a, a yeah. fantastic job of yes, breaking do. down, you know, the history, the seasons, the impact, everything about Lucha Underground. And I did love. They spent like half the time giving Disco Inferno a hard time because uh, that, <laughs> you know, pretty much. Well, you know, I think mean, that's Cisco's, you know, gimmick. Like he does not yeah, like yeah. lucha libre, and we'll talk about in a second why. There's some things that have happened to him that kind of <laughs> makes me understand why he doesn't like lucha libre. Maybe that's his thing. He just anti lucha libre, even though he's on like a podcast that's focused a lot on lucha libre and has lots of lucha <laughs> friends. I don't know. That's what I'm just gonna make that. No. But anyways, it, it was yeah. really. Conan does talk a bit about that too, but in in this segment for sure so yeah. yeah the fact that he was uh on a lucha libre podcast and has a bunch of luchador friends and has been in mexico performing so yeah i mean it's weird that he's anti-lucha but it is on brand for him and and yeah. uh, i'm okay with that <laughs> yeah well, then, I mean, this is just actually a great segue into the next match of the day. Yes. It is the Lucha Society X Gauntlet Match Rumble. Um, and we definitely had a big variety of luchadors uh, in this match. I mean, I can kind of just run down them all real quick just because some of them were teased, um, but not all of them. Um, we had Mariachi Loco, Little Cholo, Mr. Iguana, Dragon Yuki, Serpentico, Ultimo Panda, Human Tornado, Disco Inferno, Black Taurus, of, of minis, including Mini Pasaito and, and Batito, I believe, Tyler Bateman, Laredo Kid, Adrian Quest, El Snowflake, La Mascara, uh, uh, Araculo, uh, Tiago, and Dirty Ron McDonald. <laughs> that just and, sounds. Uh, and two bonus luchadors. That uh yes, that came out to attack <laughs> Serpentigo and yes. Oraculo. Still no explanation. Yeah. I was also confused, oh. Vampiro. Oh. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have like, story on that when we when we're ready. So okay. yeah, yeah. I was gonna <laughs> say I meant to say it in the in the previous match. I just Vampiro's commentary throughout the day, just I just need him to do the commentary of my life. That's why I felt <laughs> like his his commentary was more appropriate for just my inner thoughts of life, like Taco Bell is yes. closing in 24 minutes and like nobody, I'm person that curses me. That line yeah. me. <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. I'm so confused. Like, that's really just my inner monologue. Most yes. of the time. it was a little distracting again because he really, I mean, that's just a style of commentary, though. Yeah. Um, even Conan mentioned that in the Mass Mats and Mayhem, you know, where like Vampiro's commentary is so erratic. Um, but it helps just so when he when he's really. Uh-oh. We might have lost Miranda for a second here. Uh, oh, I think that happens her. when she gets excited. Yep. <laughs> Keep up with my excitement. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I was just going to say that uh, with, uh, you know, Vampiro's commentary, though, when he's truly impressed with something, he'll let you know. Oh, and my I gosh. Think that happened. Yes, and I think yeah. one of the, the first instances of that in this match was when Mr. Iguana came out. He was very confused <laughs> about Mr. Iguana, but as soon as he hit the ring, he was like, okay, all right, Mr. Iguana, I see you. So <laughs> I, that I can, I can appreciate. 
Yeah, and him, yeah. That was my first exposure to Mr. Iguana, and I he made a big impression on me too. So when we were having that interview that we did a while back, I was constantly flashing back to all of the funny things he did in this very match. Like when he was describing I behave like an iguana, I was thinking about him getting hit in the back of the head and twitching like an iguana in the back of the mat, <laughs> like he did in this match. Yeah. Um, oh, he was so um, entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> It was. I mean, Brennan, what are some of your other thoughts on, on this match while you're talking about Mr. Iguana and, and uh, also, again, being there live? <laughs> so nobody knew live what was going on with uh, the two uh, bonus luchadors, but uh, I because I knew I accidentally asked the right question at the right time, oh. I got it, and then later they announced it on Twitter. Uh, so Serpentico and Oraculo both had their mask designed by Pale Horse, which I believe the mm -hmm. commentary even mentioned. Yeah. The, the two luchadors that came out were, uh, they had masks that were designed by Urban Aztec, Jesse Hernandez. And both those artists were at the, at the event and happened to be at opposite ends of the, the facility for through complete coincidence, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, so it was, they were setting up an angle. Had we not had COVID, there would probably be an artist versus artist stable match at, uh, at Expo Lucha. And that's uh, so cool. one of the things they mentioned in the, in the, I asked in the chat room, I'm like, what were the name of those two guys? I know, I know that uh, I know who had them and the, uh, whoever was running Lucha Central which again, I'm pretty sure I know, but uh, said that wasn't really the point at that point. They were trying to build up the the, the feud between the artists more, and then they were going to fill in the detail of who the characters were. So mm, okay. now, now you know the rest of the story on that. But um, Interesting. yeah, I mean, again, it was a, for the rest of it was kind of a nostalgia thing for me. This one, I was having more fun in the chat room, guiding other people through things like that or talking about Mr. Iguana or other things. Cause this was a, uh, there were a lot of people who had a lot of uh, excitement about this match. So. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, the disco Inferno spot was hilarious for everybody. <laughs> they knocked him down and everybody just took turns, taking like running up, kicking his ass. And then they kind of, you, your turn, your turn. And then they run up, kick his ass. Somebody, <laughs> Your turn, you know, <laughs> and again, that was amazing. Again, he totally had that coming. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I loved that, and I loved that I he mean, got yeah, pinned by the three minis, the Felinito, Espantito, and yes. Payasito. Yeah, I loved that when he, when they, and, and it wasn't just like one minute, like they. Like three bear bears up in <laughs> him, you know. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, that was and 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 it's really like literally bringing that up like almost every other episode of his class. Like it continues to up all the time. So <laughs> it's also nice to see that point of yeah, reference. Yeah, nice to see it and have context now. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> And I also loved Mr. Iguana and Black Taurus's spot. Oh, yeah. Do you the winner of this uh, match was 
Okay, you're gonna have to start yes. over on this one. You got excited again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll we'll edit it you, in post, right? Yeah. <laughs> as in we, as in like some. Right? Uh, uh, no, I, I, yeah, I, I think okay. I think we got you back. Yeah. Okay. Try again. So, uh, yeah, the the uh, black Taurus mystery one is too. I mean, that helped solidify monster eliminated, but he also eliminated Dragon Yuki, Human Tornado, uh -huh. and Ultimo Panda the most mm -hmm. out of anybody in the match. So mm -hmm. yes, I, I think that yeah. that really helped that flow. It was uh, so cool. Yeah, that little sequence, the hold that started it with the, yeah, and then it kind of ended with Disco coming out. But yeah, that was like, oh, it was so good. I loved that. And yeah, that was amazing. And I really liked how heel, like, puro, puro that uh, La Mascara was in the match. Like, he was yep. super rudo, and it was yeah. amazing. And yeah. As I mentioned, he was, uh, the mercenarios were huge at the time. Yes. And he was just fully engrossed in that persona through through a lot oh, of the weekend. So good. Yeah. <laughs> And Adrian Quest yeah. was really good. He yeah. had a very scary spot where he dove off the top rope and landed so, on his head. <laughs> looked like it landed yes. on his head. Yeah. <laughs> it really did. Yes, that was yeah. scary. That was scary um, and luckily, to watch. he, you know, was mm -hmm. fine throughout the match. Mm -hmm. And Conan kept saying, it's just adrenaline. But He's going to feel he won. Vampiro, rather. Right. Yeah, Rapiro yeah. kept saying it was just adrenaline. Yeah. He's going to feel it tomorrow, but it it made him look intense mm -hmm. and like unstoppable. You know, look, I just loved that. You know, just how resilient he was through the whole match, and and he was yeah. smart too. He would do things like stand back and let Laredo Kid and La Mascara fight it out between themselves. Let Laredo Kid pin him. And then when he was worn out from that, he struck. And then Laredo Kid hit this insane inverted Spanish fly off the top rope. Like you have to see this. And but it was crazy. And then he kicks out. Like it was <laughs> so good. I mean, like it was just unreal. And easily my highlight, like the, the opening match was the best pure Lucha match, but this is my highlight match for the show. This was, like, this was my favorite of the show too. Yeah. It was just so fun. You know, like it was, yeah, it was just the, the best. <laughs> was, uh, from boss I fight studio. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, I, I was, to... I, well, I was looking at my notes and we skipped one tiny little thing. Uh, in bet Before the, the Lucha Bros match, actually, we they had the announcement of the cosplay winner, with, uh, yes. which was uh, Danny Gasha, I believe is how you'd say it. Um, so I just said, with a gorgeous looking Penta costume. I uh, just wanted yes, to sneak that in real cool. fast because we're about to hit the next 
little bump where they announced the uh, where uh, where they announced the the custom figure contest, which was uh, another Penta costume, and that was yes. uh, Mad Reaper. I don't know uh, if that's their real name, but uh, <laughs> Mad Reaper. Congratulations on being with a glorious looking uh, also Pentagon Junior. I really should stop using that word because Triple A will probably sue me. Sue me. <laughs> <laughs> Penta Alright, I'm sorry. Carry on. No, that's The next uh, segment we had was from Boss Fight Studios. It was the figures and facts collectibles updates and reveals. And we had some very cool reveals uh, for this segment. Um, And you guys are going to have to help remind me of all of the reveals. I believe they mentioned uh, that this was part of the first wave and there'll be another one coming out shortly. But uh, they have... uh, a Pinta figure, of course, Ray mm-hmm. Phoenix figure, a Taya figure, and then there was a last yeah. one. Um, was it Lady Maravilla? I see. I can't remember. I didn't make notes on this that part of it. I can't remember if it was Ma- Lady Maravilla in this one and Hooventude in Wave Two, or I believe that's how it was. But maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One or the other. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and again, you can watch the the whole thing uh, on, uh, of course, YouTube and uh, Facebook for the full live stream. But uh, earlier too, uh, during uh, the original or, or Kevin's spot when he talked about some of the product releases, he accessories packages that are coming out for Mm -hmm. all of the figurines the figure Mm -hmm. Uh, that also kind of got brought up again as some cool accessories that are that are released that you can partner well with these but they look amazing i really love the detail they have with her hair and her outfit so they're just very very cool Yes. Yeah, uh, this was the part where I wasn't taking very good notes because uh, this is all new and I want to buy all of these toys. Oh, me too. So, so bad. So I was just watching them, watching all the pictures of these beautiful figures and the beautiful accessories and, you know, oh, oh my goodness, they're going to have a Lady Maravilla figure too? Oh, mm-hmm. I, okay, I'm going to need more space in this tiny little apartment of mine. Uh, <laughs> And an Ultimo Dragon. Like, there hasn't yeah. been an Ultimo Dragon figure forever. Yeah. And it's his classic look. <laughs> and they're going to have him in more waves in the future. Like, oh, I'm so excited. Like, I was really excited about the Taya figure. Like, I'd love to have a Taya figure. But Ultimo Dragon. You know, like, that's the one I'm really looking forward to. And So I already have a plan uh, for, for my Ultimo Dragon. Uh, because he needs ten belts. So yes. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the figure packs that Boss Fight Studio does has a luchador pack, which comes with uh, – uh, so it's a – I have to point out that these are blind boxes. So you're not guaranteed if you buy them as blind boxes unless you go secondary market. 
but you buy it if you get the luchador pack out of a blind box it's got a luchador two luchador masks some knee pads and a title belt so i'm like yeah right right? so easy way to get my 10 belts for him right there is to get those lucha to get the luchador packs i'm totally not going to go secondary market boss fight studios please (laughs) please don't think i'm going to go on ebay i'm just going to buy like 50 of those boxes that's that's my plan right now (laughs) yeah it's just everything they announced is so cool you're already going to have triple a suing you (laughs) yeah You know, the scary thing is I'm more worried about Boss Fight getting upset with me because <laughs> they hooked me up with the good stuff no that toys. I need. Right? <laughs> right? I'll take away my toys, literally. <laughs> Speaking of, of, of the random packs, they also had the random luchador mask. Uh, yeah, those are going to be amazing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The Super Astro ones looked amazing. The Pentagon, Solar, yeah, US Conan looked amazing. Conan, I, I like the Tinny Ableist ones too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, so cool. We haven't talked about Miranda's favorite toy yet. I can tell. <laughs> no, uh, well, I did. I mentioned the Taya one already, but I'm yeah. I'm having some connection issues, so you... uh, that's why I'm being limited in, in my talking. <laughs> so it was a little cut off. Was that about the regular Taya action figure or the fashion doll? The regular one. Oh, yeah. okay. Because the fashion doll comes with a Prince Presley accessory, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, that looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have the Prince Presley accessory. Yes, yes. <laughs> Gotta get it too. I mean, I'll get both. I'll get. Let's let's be honest. I'm gonna get both. But I just love yeah. more of the artwork. It's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah the, the artwork, the sheets for the figures were incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the yeah. So I mean, like I can't wait to see the finished product. The prototypes of the Pentagon or the Penta Cero M and the Ray Phoenix were, I mean, like, even though they were just in black, like they looked so good. And like, yeah. I can't wait to see them. And, and we got, um, so if you're a nerd like me, you've already seen this, but the other people got insight into how they're going to do the detail by having the, the heads, the mast heads layered. Yes. Where, that was so cool. So that you can actually like, I, I love that it does come with a warning of don't actually take off the mask because it'll look stupid underneath. But the, it's a so the head is a separate piece from the mask, and you yeah. could potentially take it off if you wanted to. But that just adds that nice layered detail look. Oh, on the it makes mask. it look so deluxe. Yeah, I don't yeah. even think WWE does that. I'm pretty sure that even their elites yep. are a one piece 3D printed head. Yep. Yep. And it just it's not the same. Yeah. Right. So up next, we had uh, the next match, the Mexi Bulls, uh, Juventud Guerrero, Psychosis, and Black Taurus versus the Hart Foundation, Davey Boy Smith, uh, Junior, Brian Pillman Jr., and Teddy Hart. Um, So I'm just going to say this out of the way. The beginning promos of this match 
Oh, were oh, so really oh, messy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, don't judge Lucha Libre by just those few <laughs> minutes between both. Who yeah, Hedil don't, and don't Teddy judge Hart Lucha Libre are, are by Teddy messes. Hart, period. Don't judge <laughs> yeah. wrestling by Teddy yeah. Hart. Don't touch anything by Teddy Hart except Teddy or Hart. Or Hoovy, let's be honest. Or Hoovy, right? Like you can yeah. yes, or Hoovy, both, both. Especially in Australia. Those are mirror. <laughs> yeah, mirror image hot messes. Yeah, I was thinking of that as we were watching that. That was. I'm going to just jump right into that. My first impression is like. Why on earth did they hand both of these guys the microphone? Like, oh, exactly. And why doesn't somebody take it from them? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you look at the rest of the Mexi Bulls team, and uh, there's nobody else that was going to talk. But oh my gosh, like, yeah. what what was said was not well. And, not and great. Teddy was doing a lot of very um, aggressive and confrontational American mm -hmm. jingoistic kind oh, of yeah. thing. But he's a Canadian. He's from Canada. I, like. I know. <laughs> Commentary called him out on that at one point, and I loved it. <laughs> like, there's no... Yes. There, there was no Americans in that ring, actually. <laughs> Only yeah. one, right? Brian Philman Jr. <laughs> well, he's, he's, te he's technically a Canadian now, so... Oh, well. <laughs> No Americans, but we went with that that uh, I'm an evil American thing, which, by the way, the audience, the live audience was way into. Yeah, you could tell that they loved it, you know, but it was wild as a fan. Well, especially like after the year we've had in between, like yeah. that, the whole Teddy Hart thing did not age well, especially for Teddy Hart. And yes. <laughs> but yeah. The the match was surprisingly good. Commentary was, you know, a lot nicer to to Teddy than I thought they needed to be. But and and Pillman was the star of their team. I loved how much charisma he had, but you could tell he was still pretty green to what we've mm -hmm. seen recently in Dark. Like he is yeah. leaps and bounds. He wasn't bad then by any means, but seeing him lately and seeing him there, you're like, oh wow. You know, mm -hmm. he's a lot better now. Yeah. Like, you can tell. And it was just kind of interesting, like, to see that earlier work of his. Because I wasn't too familiar with his pre-AEW work, so this was exciting for me to get to see that. Yeah. No, it was fun to see. Uh, that was the first time I got to see him live. I did, I did not hate it, but, uh, I mean, he is so much better now that... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's that's where I was at watching this match is like, wow, look at where he was at there and what he's able yeah, to exactly. do. Now. And his bleached mullet was really endearing. <laughs> <laughs> I found it entertaining it's and so uh, good. You the know, yeah, so like good. like his commitment to it is really <laughs> impressive, you know. And I yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, he just looks the part he looks like a not just a wrestler, but a pro wrestler. And and he's got that look, you know, down, and and yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's that's why he rocks that mullet. And I mean, mm -hmm. he had a bonding moment up here in in the Pacific Northwest, where there four minutes of heat. Who I recently shouted out had a has a fan group called the Mullet Militia, and, and so <laughs> it, 
they all were like in a sequence together in a ring talking oh, about mullets and yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> it, was, it was something to behold for sure. If it works. Maybe it does. <laughs> it absolutely does. Yes. And uh Yes, the you have the Mexi Bulls with the win, uh, and again, you know this this match with the the wrestlers, luchadors involved in it. Uh, you know, of course, you got some you know really good sequences, um, and of course, action spilling outside of the ring. But some of that intro stuff was a little distracting for me. And yes, just, yeah, for me too. It, kind of, it set a bad yeah, tone yeah. for the match in a way I didn't care for. Yeah. Yeah. But if you looked at the match without the the mic spots, it was a lot better. Hmm. Yeah, if they had, and this will be true in the next match, if they had cut to ring the bell. Uh, there would have been, it would have been a much better match. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so next up, we got the trailer and a clip from Vampiro's documentary, Nail in oh, the Coffin, yeah. Coffin, the Rise or the Fallen Rise of Vampiro. Um, this uh, particular clip was from the beginning of the documentary, uh, showcasing Vampiro's role in the 27 uh, Triple Mania event and kind of everything involved with, with that. Uh, you know, Dusty and I were very fortunate to uh, interview Vampiro uh, and Michael Pax, the director uh, of Nail in the Coffin. And we got to talk to them specifically about this as far as Michael's access mm -hmm. to behind the scenes of Triple Mania. Um, so, Brendan, look, I mean, tell us your thoughts about this particular clip and kind of, uh, you know, the documentary in general, kind of your sense of it and, and vampiro himself in that role working behind the scenes of triple mania oh well it, it's always fascinating to see behind the scenes and then you see <laughs> i mean as and then you see like vampiro who has kind of a more unique perspective anyway i mean yeah there, it's very eye-opening to watch this segment uh the the chat at this point had gone kind of dead which was sad because i wanted to talk about that at the moment but at the now that i'm so far removed from it i'm just letting have seen more vampiro past that i i have very different but at the time I, yeah i do have a sense i had a sense that was very exciting to see that that's that bit from the the uh the show from behind the scenes at the triple mania and uh, i was um remembering that i need to go rewatch that part because i want to i want to really kind of study that part of it and and uh see what he's going through plus what what the the show the whole senate scene looked like behind backstage on a the big one of the biggest shows that's we've yeah. had access to to wrestlemania and a con very controlled access in that kind of area so yeah yeah, it was really cool. When we had the interview with him, um, they told Michael, basically, you can do anything as long as you're not shooting people without their masks on. You know, like, we don't want you doing that, but otherwise, do whatever you want. And so he had that kind of access backstage. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, and fantastic. 
And there's uh, a scene where Vampiro's fighting with Jeff Jarrett, and you see uh, Karrion Cross, Killer Cross, as he was then, um, and you see several people backstage just as they go through, and it's so cool that like all this is going on, this microcosm of events are going on while everything's going on on stage and it was really cool to see the juxtaposition of everything even though it was like really dramatic and kind of silly and you know i mean like i thought it was played more for comedy than for seriousness but maybe that was just me and because i thought it was kind of entertaining seeing the drama behind the scenes but yeah like the fact that he had that kind of access is unprecedented in an event of this caliber and just the yeah, yeah. I mean, just for that alone it's worth seeing but i was my wife hasn't seen it yet i've seen it but i told her i said you need to see this it's not a wrestling movie really it's kind oh, of no. different you know it's very yeah. poignant and i mean it's it's more about a, a father growing up to let go of his daughter and also a man growing up to let go of his past and you know like there was all these things that felt so poignant and fantastic and it's really a special movie like it's not a wrestling movie it's no it's no remarkable. it's it's, uh, it's about a, a man who has a very very broken past and is trying to not put that onto his daughter so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah his commitment and dedication I think justy's summary is, is very yeah sorry go ahead just yeah your your summary of uh of the movie is exactly that kind of letting go of his daughter as she's growing up and kind of letting go of his career as he's getting older. Mm -hmm. The scene where he talked about how many concussions he'd had and everything, like it was clear that it, you know, with his career too, it wasn't by choice, you know, just like your kids grow up, you don't have any choice and, his career was leaving him behind and he didn't really have a choice. And so the poignancy of that was really remarkable. And uh, the not just the level of access to Triple Mania, but the level of access that Vampiro gave Michael too, to like his personal life, his behind the scenes was really impressive and admirable. And yeah, I think everybody should see this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I told people in the chat that that's what they need to do is see the movie and, and watch our interview yes uh, <laughs> I, I i didn't mention that i wasn't there but you know uh, yeah i still want people to watch it <laughs> look some people have to work in the yes. daytime yeah <laughs> <It's> okay <laughs> yes the interview that we did uh, for central weekly uh, with Vampire Pats. It's available on luchacentral.com and of course your favorite podcast speaker, uh, Google, all iHeartRadio. You can find it there. And you can also find uh, Nail in the Coffin, The Fallen Rise of Vampiro. It is streaming on demand. I believe uh, Amazon Prime. Um, if you watch uh, the stream from Expo Lucha Virtual, there's a clip of all of the platforms that it's on um so you couldn't literally find it anywhere but we have recommend you watch this documentary it's really insightful not only about vampiro but again the access 
that you get as a fan to things that you never. And our last match uh, of the day-ish, I'll explain that in a second. Uh, we had uh, the Lucha Brothers and Mr. Aguila, uh, accompanied by Amy Dumas, known as Lita, versus Brian Cage, TJP, and Jack Evans, being accompanied to the ring by Selena De La Renta. Now, this match is already pretty infamous about, you know, something that happened outside of the mm -hmm. ring at the very beginning of the show or the beginning oh. of this match, um, which we'll get into. I uh, get Brendan as, as yeah, yes. you need to have Brendan, straight on it. Yeah. Brendan has that. But before we get into what happened at the beginning of the match, I wanted to get your thoughts on the match of its entirety. Dusty, I'll let you go first. Uh, what what were your thoughts as you were watching this match? Um, I loved the match. I I thought that the initial sequence with TJP and Pentagon was really cool, the dramatic pulling the glove off and you know i mean like that was amazing mm -hmm. but then when jack evans started to his breakdance spot pentagon watched and then waited for the moment and just kicked him like a mule and yeah. i loved it like that yeah. was such the, the psychology of that was like ideal and i there was a even a great slap spot between lita and selena you know the managers mm -hmm. or whatever they were for the match kind of coming out and mm -hmm. getting involved. And I liked that. I just, everybody got a moment to shine and mm -hmm. whichever way they wanted to. And I loved that, that, you know, you got to see something from everybody. Uh, so Selena, Selena was involved. So it was yes, Brendan. So drop the T as they say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, I was just going to start with uh, that uh, because Selena de Rento there was there. That was definitely, they were managers and not valets or any of the other right. things, but they were definitely there for that. And, and uh, we had been wanting to see lots of Lita over the weekend. So there was definitely nice little, hope that we were going to get that slap spot or something yeah. more. Um, but yeah, so uh, in the match, in the beginning of the match, you'll see during Cage's entrance, there's a big yeah. cut right after he nearly runs into a guy in the, the lower right hand, lower left hand part of the screen. Uh, there was there was a little bit of verbal back and forth between him and this guy. Um, the guy had a was drunk and and decided that he wanted to pick a fight with Cage. I have no idea why anybody <laughs> would think that was what they He's wanted to do. <laughs> like I'm ready to die. Die. I'm gonna go insult Cage. <laughs> so so why uh, why <laughs> I don't so they, they had to stop. And and uh, everything stopped then, and the guy got removed. We we saw a couple of security people remove him. <laughs> uh, he it looked like he had left, and then and then uh, they finished with the intros, and the guy had made it back, and he said <laughs> something. Uh, I'm not. I'm I'm only going to speculate that it was something very terrible, and it was. But it wasn't about Cage. It was about. Melissa, who had just finished with the intro, and I'm pretty sure it's because drunk guy was just smart enough to know 
that the two of them yeah. were a couple, and he wanted to get under Cage's skin. And that's when you get the part where Cage leaps out of the ring and into the stands. And um, yeah, uh, yeah. He, they had to remove him again. Uh, <laughs> and, it's a wonder he didn't leave I, in a hearse. Yeah, I mean, so, so during the initial incident where the guy was trying to pick a fight with Cage, Cage was pretty calm and in control about it. Like, you know, he yeah, was, he's he, a pretty calm guy in general, from what I've seen. But. Totally fine. Like, whatever. It's a drunk guy that wants to kick my ass. It must be a day that ends in a Y, right? Like, that's just you know. <laughs> but the moment something was said to to Melissa, it was it was over. Like he just flew over there, and and that was when everybody in that arena knew it was real. Like, <laughs> this, this wasn't part of the show. This was and and uh, yeah. So uh, according to uh, the the Lucha Central commentary team or uh, uh, moderators in the chat, that guy has been banned from all future Mass Republic events as well. So. Wow! Yeah, they brought you know, the hammer down. They don't mess around. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> no. But you know, so the point of that I made earlier, they could have be avoided all of that. Yeah. Uh, everybody yeah. needing to revisit that drama uh, by just starting when the match began, right? Do maybe clip the the intros together if you want, and then just cut to the match beginning and much better match because it set a weird tone for it it did um, yeah and then they didn't ring the <laughs> bell forever like everybody just yeah. stood around and yep yeah well, and whatever then... it was that got cage mad it must have made <laughs> phoenix mad too because he was out there ready to chop it up he jumped out of the ring and ran too and then though you didn't see it on on that camera angle but uh, all the boys from the locker room came out too like if that guy had thrown a punch he, that was the last thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everybody was once it got real everybody was there <laughs> for for the real part of it and uh that so that i i think that the whoever was running the bell didn't just was still like afraid to to start the match and and get back to normal <laughs> although we probably wouldn't be talking so much about it if it hadn't had the interest maybe they're genius to leave it in everybody will want to see it I, I mean, you know, not everybody has somebody that was there to tell them the whole story. And I, that just... Uh, That's why they have our podcast, baby. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I will definitely make sure when I'm hyping this up to mention that I've got the story. Touche. Touche. <laughs> But no, it was a great match. And, you know, like, it's always exciting oh, yeah. to see Penta get the pin and get the win for the team. And, you know, like, he's just, uh, he's so cool. Like, and that's <laughs> was the continuing theme, kind of, too, through the whole show was that Lucha Bros are so cool. You know, <laughs> like, they are the greatest. And, well, and even Conan uh, talking about his Mount Rushmore, you know, and mentioned Lucha Bros and, well, and then he, 
he also mentioned that they are the face of Lucha Libre outside of mm-hmm. Mexico right now. They really right. are. That's yeah. absolutely true. Even more than Rey Mysterio, I feel in a way. Well, that's what he was. That was what he was trying to say. Is they've take he's taken that mantle from, or they've taken that mantle mm-hmm. from him. Uh, you know, he's still performing and he's still a legend, and everybody knows race, face, and name. But everybody who thinks uh, right now in wrestling that thinks of of Lucha Libre is thinking of the Lucha Bros for absolutely. Yeah, they are. Because Rey Mysterio has become more of a WWE wrestler who's a luchador. But when you think yeah. of somebody from Mexico who's a lucha mm-hmm. libre, people think of Pentagon and Phoenix, especially because yep. of AEW. I am yeah. shocked at the amount of people that watch AEW or that have some kind of knowledge about it. When we, you know, I'll bring it up once <laughs> in a while and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I yeah. saw Sammy. You know, and I'll be like, oh, and they'll know his name. You know, like they'll mm-hmm. remember Sammy or uh, Pentagon and Phoenix. You know, like people always mention them. You know, when I bring it up, bring up the Lucha Libre, if they're if they've seen anything, we're like, oh yeah, I saw them on AEW. You know, <laughs> so they they know. Yeah, yeah no, there's the AEW has done a very good job of adding a new audience to wrestling. And and I'm always we always talk about this on our on the the show. I'm always glad that they're exposing lucha libre to more people in that way. I just wish they would put it on dynamite more often with more actual mm-hmm. luchadors doing luchador things and not them doing. Oh oh, can I can I? I'm going to go way back there during the Conan during Conan's undressing of all the whole bunch of things there he said almost exactly word for word the same things we said about that street fight with the lucha bros like he said he loved the match he loved everything about it except the finish yeah (laughs) so true up to the finish it was great Mm. Yeah, so this, that, I thought this uh, was yes, a great no, main really, event. Too. Really good points. Uh, <laughs> like for the for yeah, the trailer. I, I really the, liked uh, how. Yeah, it it was, and and even though there's a lot of you know, of course, Lucha Brothers throughout this, I did like how they played up the partnership between Mr. Aguila and and Lita as far as mm-hmm. him being a big influence in her career. This is the, that was the first time that they had been together in in many many years um, since her debut. So what they said, nineteen years. Um, yeah. Since yeah. since their debut in WWF, and so it was a really nice touch, I think, um, to have them both there. And I, I kind of agree with that slap spot with Selena very much. Uh, you know, the last person you want uh, in the ring is is Lita. Um, but if anyone's <laughs> going to go toe-to-toe with her, it's going to be Selena De La Renta. So yeah, that was a, a great spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. overall, I, I agree, a very fun match. And, again, I know there was, a you know, some some news about it last year when it first came out. But for many of us seeing it for the first time, yeah, kind of it was a little distracting, but at the end, I loved just how, you know, the Lucha Brothers and Mr. Aguila and, and, and Amy came together in the middle of the mm-hmm. ring, and it was just a nice way to kind yeah. of wrap up, um, you know, uh, this this day overall. I thought that this yeah. was a great match to end uh, the Expo Lucha virtual event. and uh, Absolutely. 
Yeah, and I, I think it was just a, a overall really fun, fun match. And of course, yeah, you this day wouldn't be complete without the Lucha Brothers. Um, but I think overall the tone of, of the match, once you got into a good rhythm of it, was mm -hmm. was really fun. No, it, yeah, it, it was a very fun match. Uh, it mm -hmm. was uh, it was definitely a thing at the when I saw it live too, where we were all we all managed to get revitalized and back in the moment because. <laughs> It was it was that good of a match and that fun and uh, I remember just uh, being very excited as I was heading down the hill towards towards the the McDonald's which is open later than the Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Well. That is it for our coverage of the Expo uh, Lucha virtual event. Now, there is uh, additional content that was uh, provided, three bonus hours of content, including the second part of the Masks, Mats, and Mayhem podcast with Conan. That one in particular was really great because that highlighted more just modern-day uh uh, perception of wrestling from Conan. I think that was a lot of fun mm -hmm. as far as just him talking and reading more about what's happening in WWE and AEW, asking the team from the Masks Mayhem podcast their thoughts on some of their favorite uh, uh, AAA wrestlers, on their thoughts on what would Lucha Underground look like if it came back. So absolutely must watch for sure. And three additional Lucha matches um, from Expo of just the five hours that we got today. Additional content that was uh, available again through uh, YouTube, uh, uh, Facebook, and, and Twitch. Out of the bonus content, you know, what were just some of the highlights of some of the bonus content that you think uh, our you know listeners and viewers should, should look at? Drago and Aerostar versus Ray Oris and Septimo Dragon. Like, that was a fun match. I loved that match. Like, that was awesome. And it's the first match in the show. It's easy to catch, but it was so good. Yeah, it was. It's a great match. I was super. When I saw that uh, they were doing it again, I actually got really excited because I, I remember really enjoying the heck out of this match. Although one of my biggest memories was just heckling Septimo Dragon. So. Uh, <laughs> Mileage will vary. I do want to. I, I did. I did a poor job of mentioning this. Uh, many of these matches, I am there in the front row, so you will be able to see me heckling people. Or in a couple of the 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 main event ones that were happening late at night, I was falling asleep, and I feel <laughs> terrible about that. But I am, yeah, I am there, and uh, so anybody who uh, wants to see me for whatever weird reason, you absolutely can go back and watch these and, and <laughs> play the game of oh, there he is. Um, That's my favorite thing with the <laughs> network. I look for old shows I went to, and I'm like, there I am. <laughs> for me, the the uh, second half of the the mass match and mayhem was the. Uh, was the absolute winner. Like I actually liked the second half better than the first half. And that's saying a lot. Cause I really liked the first half, but uh, I'm so glad that I stuck around for the bonus content to see that, the second half of the yeah. mass match and mayhem podcast. Hmm. 
Agreed. I thought it was it was really insightful. Um, and again, I it touched more on kind of just today's topics and Conan's take on them. And I think you know a lot of things that you know uh fans agree with uh but just his perspective on the modern uh wrestling product so again you can find that on uh the uh, facebook stream it's also on youtube it's just a, a additional stream uh, but lots of amazing additional bonus content for you and yeah that wraps it up for our expo lucha uh virtual wrap up uh we were i think we did a pretty good job of wrapping up a five-hour show in, a, in really 90 did. minutes that's yeah, a pretty that's amazing yeah. especially mm -hmm. since we record, have right? trouble staying at 90 World minutes record. anyway <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so, of, of course, yes, check it out. Let us know your thoughts of what you thought of, of Expo Lucha. And, you know, one thing they kept reminding us fans is that the plan is Expo Lucha to return in 2021 yes. as a live event. As Still going to be in Philadelphia. So go to Expo for uh, the 2021 event. Uh, we are all going to try our best to make it there. As, as long as yes. there's going to be an event, we'll, we'll all try and make it happen. But um, absolutely, ticket tickets. information is, is available. Uh, I believe for those who did purchase tickets for this mm -hmm. year. Uh, yeah, yeah, your ticket just rolls and, over. Uh, well, event, and so. and they, they mentioned, too, mm -hmm. that almost nobody... No, but almost nobody asked for a refund. They all said, "No, I'll wait till next year." So that's so uh, that's, cool. Yeah, that'll tell you that, the dedication uh, of the fan yes. base is amazing. That that, that is another point that I did want to bring up is one of the big takeaways from the weekend from from watching this again was seeing all the familiar faces, and many of those were people that I saw over both years. And realizing there was something of a community that's already been built up and uh, knowing that uh, we didn't get to do that this year was kind of kind of sad. But uh, this was a nice little reminder for me as a person who attended that uh, there is that community. And I hope that uh, we get to, to grow it and have lots of people excited at Expo Lucha in Philly this next year because it's going to happen. I'm being positive. Yes, we'll, we'll keep our fingers and our toes crossed. Uh, you know, whatever good luck that we have to put out into the universe, absolutely will. Um, and, and event information for 2021, links to the live stream uh, of today's events are also available and lots of just great information. Of course, you can also find all your uh, Lucha Libre information on luchacentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Don't forget to follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram at luchacentral.com. And while you're at it, why don't you follow us on social media? Uh, and that way you can just let us know how much you do the show. At the hashtag Miranda. <laughs> Dusty, where can our listeners find you? I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy, and I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. One word. 
And Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am three, two, one t-shirt guy on Instagram. I'm not really there. I'm just kind of there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Twitter is where you're going to find me. And uh, I'm occasionally on Facebook. <laughs> three, all three of those. It's three, two, one t-shirt guy. Um, but. I would love for you to keep me company on Twitter while I watch five hours of wrestling many weekends. Yes. Yes. And so there you have it again. Make sure to check us out on LuchaCentral.com. Uh, we will be back with uh, our weekly edition of the Lucha Central Weekly podcast for you because you know that's what we do every week. Make sure you check out this week's episode that just dropped and we give you all of the tidbits this coming week. We're going to have some great news and topics and conversation, especially uh, about uh, this week's uh, WWE draft, uh, review of CMLL, uh, all of the usual things plus more because never know what's gonna happen with lucha libre it's a crazy place but uh well why we're here to let what is happening so for uh dusty murphy this special edition of the lucha central weekly podcast doing a wrap-up of expo lucha virtual bye <laughs>